Introducing part two of the episode we began last week. We are looking at integrating role playing games into the classroom, every classroom in the high school. So that's that's a little hyperbole. We don't go. We don't think we tried uh, to come up with ideas for putting Dungeon Dragons into the welding class. But aside from that, we were trying to just brainstorm ways that that uh, TTRPGs could be useful in each of the the academic areas in the high school. So we got through social studies and some English last week. We are going to turn our attention to uh, the other, other courses here today. So as usual, don't forget to connect with us on social media. We're Teachers in the Dungeon on Instagram and Facebook, at Dungeon Teachers on Twitter, and teachersinthedungeon at gmail.com. Love to hear from you, particularly if you, you know, given this week's uh, topic, if you are an educator and you've tried any of these things or, you know, had success in certain areas uh, in your classroom, integrating role-playing, we'd love to hear about it. So anyway, enough of me yapping. Let's just get right back into the episode. I've got one more for social studies. Oh, uh, awesome. History, I, I, this is one that I thought... In my mind, it has potential. I mean, teaching is an art. There's a certain set of tools that you have. Everybody chooses to use those tools a little differently. I always think of it, it's it's not original, but you think about, you know, Picasso and Monet, you know, they, they both have to deal with color, light, shading, you know, there's mm-hmm. certain techniques, but how they choose to employ them is totally different. So... This, for me, I thought this has potential for the way I think and the way I plan. But for history, I thought of a time travel adventure. Nice. Where you have to (laughs) fix anomalies in the timeline. So what came into my mind was, you know, the class gets told something's gone wrong, Napoleon was assassinated, and maybe the first thing that we would have to come up with is how, you know, they would brainstorm, how is history going to change? You know, so that would be wouldn't be a role play. That'd be sort of another application of what they've learned. Mm-hmm. But then I'd say, okay, it's your task to go back. We we can't have history changed like this. So you have to go back and stop the assassin. But you can't kill the assassin because that would also mm-hmm. change history. Right. So you're gonna have to go back. So I'd give them clues about the assassin, and then or maybe I wouldn't. Maybe I'd say, okay, what do we know about Napoleon? Okay what type of person would want to get rid of him okay right. we've got some we've got some potential people here that some suspects where would we find them in france how would you talk to them what would you you know and then we could role play it out 
They're like history detectives. With persuasion or deception. And they could fight. They could try to subdue. Mm -hmm. But that maybe we could make that risky, you know. If they roll to hit for damage and it's too much damage on that dice roll, they've killed the person and they've failed. (laughs) You know, so there's all sorts of things like that that I think could be really, really fun Mm -hmm. and they could apply a lot of the knowledge that they should have gained from lectures and things right in in a role play situation cool and really you could say in a situation like that your character has your background knowledge of history yeah so you can use your notes you can use a textbook you can use you know things that are at your disposal to help mm-hmm. you with that if you want to go that way or you can yeah. use it as an assessment to see what they know yeah and no notes well, I would be I was going to say notes would be fine but we'd say oh, you're not going to be able to use Google you just yeah, have to right yeah, um, it kind of reminds me of um, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure in a way, and maybe not, because <laughs> they go back in time to gather historical people for their project in school. So never mind. Still a fun movie, really stupid, but a fun movie. All right, the next area I will go to is math, and so when I was thinking about and brainstorming for math, you know, you're using dice and probabilities. You know, mm-hmm. where characters may be able to, if they understand the probability of a situation or uh, or the chance of something, and the player, the player can say, hmm, I only have this much chance of this happening, that maybe you get a bonus because you realize that it's a low chance. Or maybe you get a negative because you're really confident, you know, oh, there's a high chance. I get 98% chance. I might give you a little bit of a disadvantage or something. I don't know. But anyway, probability is there. I think I think role-playing with math concepts and story problems really has some potential hmm. to give story problems to characters that require them to do the mathematics to figure out how to achieve some sort of task. It's really not much different from doing a story problem at the desk it's just you get to role play it and problem solve as a team, which okay. I think is is that's the whole point. And then I think of like just math games. Um, that was the one class I took in college. I have two master's degrees, two bachelor's degrees. I took one math class and it was called math games. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and so um, so this so building off of math games, so characters have to solve puzzles or math puzzles to make their way through a keep or a dungeon. And so all of the clues, all of the locks, all of the secret passages are found by completing a math game that relates to whatever it is you've talked about in class. You know, maybe if you're, you're teaching geometry and so you want your students to understand the application of angles and planes and things like that. And so you fill your dungeon with those sorts of puzzles. And so they have to figure that out to be able to get to where they're headed. Maybe too simplified, but just the idea I had. I think you and I, you can tell we came from the gen- same generation. We line up very nicely. I also have two bachelor's degrees and two master's degrees, but I didn't take a single math class in college. No, last class I took was I was I was 16 years old. Oh. Junior in high school is when I took, had my last math class. No, I, at, at the U of I, when I went through, you had to pick, you know, certain ones from column A and column B, uh-huh. and I just picked mathy science classes like astronomy. Oh, okay. So an anthropology, and it was almost no math. It was, you know, significant digits. That was about the extent of that. But just enough and that they gave you a credit. Yep. 
Oh, so, wow. Yes. Lucky you. <laughs> Lucky Although you. now I kind of feel bad that I didn't learn more because it would have been nice to know some more math. I do, I do sometimes wonder. This is way off subject. <laughs> okay, if we just... But it's lost. our show. We can do it <laughs> um, I do wonder if I took an algebra class now as an adult, if it, the concepts of algebra would make more sense to me. Yes. I'm more patient. I'm, you know, I'm more worldly, I guess, than well, I was as a, you know, a 19-year-old. No, I think that's entirely, again... Big tangent, but yes, kids' brains for a lot for a lot of the of a lot of what we're asking them to do in high school. There's a significant portion of the kids whose brains have just not developed enough yet. Mm-hmm. I think that's true for literature a lot of times too. Oh, I would I would yeah. totally agree. So. Um, but bringing that back to the subject, though, I think role playing and being able to work with other students and let them problem solve together. And so you, I might be the student that I have no idea what's happening in algebra, but I got someone in my group that we're figuring out how to get through a dungeon. I have motivation now. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm interested because I'm playing a character, and I'm I have someone in my group who knows how to do algebra, and it's it just by luck or maybe by design by the teacher, is really good at explaining things. Mm-hmm. So you know, there's there's that opportunity as well. That's true. Um, okay. My uh, my math one, I'll just go with that is yeah. is very similar. And, and I I think I landed harder on what you were hinting at is that I feel like I'm fudging it here. I think role play in math is very difficult. It's not a natural fit in a math classroom. You can do it, and like you said, I think it, it can help and it's beneficial, but if I'm being totally honest with myself, it's sort of... It's, it's sort of scotch-taped onto mm, the, okay. the bigger thing. And I felt like that. I had the same idea with you that I could see where... The, the best I could come up with is going through a dungeon crawl, but rather than, okay, roll to disarm the trap, solve this problem. Mm-hmm. You know, and maybe you could up the level, keep them in groups, like you said. I think that's smart. We've got exploring parties. Yeah. But maybe you time them on how long it takes them to solve the problem and then based on that they get a modifier to a dice roll okay or something yeah. like that mm-hmm. and and you know it this what struck what i wrote what i wrote off to the side is hack and slash okay you know there there are there are games and there are groups that really enjoy it they just like the mechanics of strategizing and rolling the dice mm-hmm. they, they right. don't want to worry with the role play and that's that's the nice thing about D&D it's it's flexible enough that it can handle wildly different ways of playing the same game right. and this would just be an example of going more toward the strip down okay yeah right. absolutely this something you were saying there is made me think of a conversation we had in our session not our session but a session we attended the first time we went to Gen Con and we had that conversation there were about five of us in the room we were talking about role playing in classrooms and that one of the biggest problems is you got 30 kids. Yeah. And you you can't have a party of 30 kids. Mm-hmm. And so we're kind of brainstorming, how do you keep kids involved if you're going to only, you know, we're one person to lead a group. And so one of the things we came up with was you could have like a tag team situation. So you've got one character, but f- maybe four kids play that one character. Yeah. And... If the character, if the player that's playing that is like, I don't know what to do, guys. People that have no pressure on them are thinking about, and then they could tap out and come in and say, this is what we're going to do. Yeah. And so I'm thinking, you know, and again, not being a math teacher, I don't know how realistic this is, but you might have like 
again, I go back to the probability. The players that are not not actively playing the character could be sitting in the back figuring out what's the chance that we're going to be able to succeed at this. And so mm-hmm. they can be figuring probabilities and then they can either say to the player, don't do that. It's We have no chance of making that or it's going to be really risky if we do that. Then they go and they do it or something like that. But mm-hmm. um, I really like that concept of tapping out and having multiple people, players, play one character. That definitely would increase the interest level, I think. Yeah, but there would have to be something for the players that are not actively playing to do. Yeah. That would be the tricky part, potentially. It's almost like a Socratic seminar, but it's in role-play format. Yep. All right, so we've talked about math, social studies, English. Science is the next one uh, that I tackled here. I didn't break it down because I just don't know the breakdown of science that well. I mean, Mm -hmm. you have biology, physics, chemistry, I don't know. uh, Science. Um, yeah, uh, so I, this is what I put. Realistic, I don't know, but here's the idea. Characters have been hired by the local alchemist to search for spell components and ingredients to create a vi- variety of potions and poisons. The characters must research different plants and minerals to decide what to collect and where to collect those minerals. And so we as the DM would, you know, we just taught flora and fauna in biology class or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so we might assign different characteristics to these. And if you combine these or things, I don't know. Not exactly sure. There's, as you mentioned, with doing role playing in a classroom, there's a lot of upfront work. But once you got it, then you can use it regularly and make right. modifications depending on how, how things went in that class. Right. So you have to find some way to, you know, Again, I don't know the curriculum well enough, but that was just an idea that I, I had. think you. And the, what what strikes me as you say that is, and neither of these is is good or bad. It just depends on what you want to achieve. But I think there are, I can see role play and gamification within the classroom environment that is influenced by how many on your team completed their homework. Mm-hmm. You know how many of you participated. Okay, that's going to affect your chances of success. That'll modify your dice roll. Maybe as a biology teacher, you tell them to collect certain things, you know, to create magic potions, but they're, I just did air quotes, you guys can't see me, sorry. Um, I don't know how you do that with your voice. Magic potions, I'll work on it. But anyway, you know, and maybe that has nothing to do with real world anything, but if they want to win the game, they need to know mm-hmm. those things. Right. And that's probably the way I would go. But in the back of my mind, I'd be wanting to think about how do you make it real? Mm-hmm. You know, you need to create, I, I don't know, you need to create a, a polymer or you need to create uh, some, an alkane. I'm pulling these from Scholastic Bowl. Don't ask me what they mean. <laughs> you know, and maybe the, you know, and you've got these, you know, there's a, there's a shelf, mm-hmm. you know, the gnome that owns this little shop will answer three questions for you, mm-hmm. you know, or you can sniff, you can pick three to sniff or three to, you know, right. maybe that would be a little more organic, mm-hmm. but I, those are the two directions I see that sort of a thing going. Yeah. Okay. But. Cool. You had science too, right? Um, 
I'm going to skip it because I didn't come up with anything cool. Oh, okay. Uh, but I'll go back to literature. <laughs> and actually, this won't take too long because I came up with almost the identical idea that you guys did. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, but I, I just kind of said, you know, interacting with literary characters, understand their personalities to know how to persuade or whatever. So, yes, maybe as a culminating activity, we just got done reading. And, and I could see this even in a, you know, like in a, a if you had time, even in an AP class or something like that, where the kids are slogging through Pride and Prejudice. Mm-hmm. You know, okay, we're done. You now have to role play. You are in this world. Your job is to make sure that Lizzie's sister Kitty does not decide to marry this man this he's a very powerful man so knowing what you do about how society interacts and this is your station in life how are you going to do this Hmm. you know maybe you assign some to be gentry some to be just servants could you even pull this off as a servant how would you do it what do you think about these things how are you going to persuade you know you got to you got to tell me how you want to actually get that lord to listen to you because you're just a servant right Okay, roll the dice. Let's see if it works. Yep. You know, I cool. can see that being a real fun activity. And, and again, it's very specific. I mean, you're focusing in on, did you did you get, you know, it's, it might not be the theme of the novel. It, you know, you're only really looking at the background. Mm-hmm. So again, as a teacher, you got to make that decision. Is that worth your time? Right. Is that an important enough concept to get across that you want to take the time to play this game? Yeah. So. Good considerations there. The rest of my areas are potential stretches. <laughs> but I want to throw them out there again for inspiration. Okay. In case. And another th- another area where I went with this is in collaborating with teachers. So I might be running a role play in my classroom, and I know that I've got a teacher down the hallway that teaches something completely different than mine. Maybe there's a way that they could be incorporated in this as well. So that's kind of where I was headed with this. Okay. So we've got um, family consumer science. A couple ideas on this one. First of all, you've got, you know, and that includes in our school, fashions, the food classes, Mm -hmm. child development. development. There's like an interior design class they're running. Yeah, interior. Oh, that's right. Interior design. And maybe these aren't so much role play things as they are in the realm of assisting in a role play. I don't know. But this is what I put down. Characters are charged by the queen to design a theme and dress for the ball that is coming up. She needs to impress so-and-so. There will be dignitaries from around the continent. They must include dress that represents all cultures and food that does the same. The, the students then would role play, they would, they, they would do research, and maybe they're role playing in actually you know, our real world. And so they have to search out cultures and things like that. But then the role play comes in. You need to find that material. You need to do this. You need to do that. And I don't know. I don't have it fully developed, but that's just a, a direction that I went. Another is, and this is going back to thinking about Michael Lowe. Michael, some of Michael Lowe's things that he has on his website, The Luck of Legends, is is directed towards young children. Yes. And so I thought we have that preschool. We have a preschool. Our, our child development runs a preschool three days a week, two days a week. I don't remember. But the kids are there for a pretty significant most of the morning. And I thought, huh, I wonder if there's a way that our kids could lead the little kids and teach them how to play a game where they play a role. It's almost like 
make believe or pretend or dress up. They could do like dress up mm, yeah. and have like a structured role play. And they have to, the little kids have to make decisions. And again, it's, it's nothing serious. It's like so-and-so's dog is lost. You need to find that dog and help re- rescue it or something well, like essentially that. Essentially that's what kids, I, I mean, sorry, this sounds like I'm denigrating what you're saying. I'm not, I'm actually no, building. You're around. heading exactly yes. where I was going. You know, kids do that anyway. Yes. You know, playing house. And so our kids would build the play and then those kids would just role play it out. Mm-hmm. And maybe there are places where, you know what, I want to have you roll dice to see if that really works and do something like that. So maybe it would work, maybe it wouldn't, and, but maybe there's an idea thread there that you could take yeah. into a class someplace. So that's FCS for me. Okay. Second to last one here for me, speech class. Oh, yeah. And it occurs to me as I was sitting here all of a sudden, and again, this is probably something that speech teachers are like, idiot, that's like the thing we teach them day one. But it suddenly occurred to me, if I were teaching speech, I would want to impress upon the kids, you are playing a role. Every single person who gives a speech is playing a role. They may be playing someone, I mean, playing themselves, again, air quotes, playing themselves, but think about it. When you talk to your friends, it's different than how you talk when you get up there. That is a role. Mm. It's acting. Mm -hmm. So we're going to role play and maybe maybe we just have outlandish fun with it they draw something okay you are you are a mom and you have to give a speech to the school board as to why you think there should be uh, the final exam should be optional Mm -hmm. and and maybe you've got a day or two to prepare it like any other speech but Okay, you're not you. You are a mother. So how would a mother present this? How, oh, yeah. you know, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So that could be role play. It's not really a game, I guess, but it 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 it's at least pulling elements from right. You know, inhabiting a character or whatever sure. as you do in in Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, no, understanding the background, understanding the situation. Um, yeah, okay, I saw how that works. And we could, I suppose, you could make it a game in that kids. Maybe the maybe the students decide what kind of a modifier on a dice roll at the end. You know, you get done with your speech, and you if you've you got to roll to see if you persuaded, right? And the kids have to decide, maybe and honestly, what the what the modifier should be, and then the teacher could sort of average those or something. Yeah. Boy, you're talking about that. I I did not think of this when I was writing this, but what you something you said just made, like the light bulb went on. You know, the natural class for role play in a school is your theater classes. Right. Right. I mean, you know, an impromptu, you know, impromptu acting. Give them a role play situation. Give them characters, and role play it. And then you could also include the dice component into that as as they're impromptu doing an impromptu speech or discussing something and they're trying to convince someone give them that role that was a, that was a great argument i'm going to give you a plus two roll it yeah i mean you could it is oh you could get so meta with it too i mean your drama class for the first four weeks is playing dungeons and dragons but i'm grading you on let's 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 work through some exercises and things okay you know your character is a barbarian keep that in mind you got to keep those things in mind how are you reacting in these things in right. these moments but then you could say okay we're adding we're jumping up a level 
you are a 40-year-old woman playing a barbarian. So now we're still playing the same game. We're still playing Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. But how are you reacting to what happens in the game? You're not you anymore. You're mm. you're 40-year-old. Wow. Wow. That might be blew my mind. That might be way beyond what high school drama <laughs> classes could do. Maybe but college drama. <laughs> but that would be that, that's what cool. A, yeah. What a challenge. The levels to that. Wow. Okay. Nice. I, I forget. Is it my turn? Yes. <laughs> I don't remember. Okay. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know that I like all these. I'm gonna. I'll jump to the one that I think is. I've got one left. So okay. If that so changes I'll, I'll how take you. The, this will be my last one then too. Business. There's. I think about our Waterdeep campaign, and you guys. <laughs> right business right and so you give that situation to a group of kids in your intro to business class and keep a spreadsheet for this how are you going to bring people in what's your marketing going to be but you give them a fantasy setting you give them a space setting you give them the setting whatever setting you want them to be yeah. creating a business in or let them choose here are the scenarios which one do you which business would you like and let them choose that, and then they have to role play the running of that business. They could even do um, they. You could have them all in the same street, street, and or yeah. in or in the same business, and they have to compete or something like right. that. But. I also did this one. The local wizard cannot keep his shop in business. <laughs> the characters must figure out what the what the wizard is doing wrong, and so we would have documents, primary sources that that, that the characters okay. come and they talk to the wizard, and the and we the teacher role plays the wizard, and we say, well, I don't know why I'm not making any money. Well, do you have a do you have a spreadsheet? Do you have something that you use to keep track? Well, I've got this inventory list. Oh, well, we'll take the inventory list, and so then they could they could problem solve again. It's I'm assuming this is assumption that we've talked about these things in class. And so you take all the things you've talked in class and the wizard has some aspect of all those things. And it's enough evidence that students might be able to find where's the problem. Mm, yeah. You know, and that would be just, it's really, it really just could just be a class discussion, mm-hmm. but you increase motivation and interest, I suppose, by giving them some sort of a fantasy setting. Well, and you got to roll the dice. Yeah. that's mm-hmm. And that's from working with Michael Lowe and implementing these things in my classroom, that was fun. I mean, and we all know, we all know in D&D, you know, everybody's like, oh, great job. And we're like, we know I didn't do anything. I got, I, the die came out of my hand and it rolled a 20. I didn't do that. But in the game, I did. And it's the same with the kids in the classroom. I got a six, you got a six. Awesome job, buddy. Oh, it's. Yeah, yeah. And that's important too. I think. Yes, I'm glad you brought that up because rolling dice is is the excitement that chance that risk yeah that's that's what brings the excitement to the class yeah absolutely all right my last one in a way is i don't want to say most obvious but i think it's the most perfect fit weirdly enough okay and that is foreign language classroom ah yes it is i mean role play is convert dnd is conversation mm-hmm. and that's what you're trying to get with with a foreign language. So I, I think that is a real natural fit. And we do need to get our, our buddy Nate that yes. teaches French has started this just this, this last spring in his classroom. So I think we need to let him develop it a little bit then bring him on to talk about it. But I, I have taught French in the past. Mm-hmm. So 
and, and I actually did something a little like this, but it was way more meta. And this is 20 years, this is 25 years ago. This is before D&D, long before 5th edition. But I created a dungeon and they had to go through my students. And I had a very small classroom, so it worked out. A large classroom, it wouldn't work, but I just had a few kids and uh, in French 4. And so they had to go through a dungeon and find their way out. And periodically monsters would jump out and say, conjugate the verb to be. And, you know, future tense. And then they'd have to do that. And if they didn't, then the monster attack. And if if they did, then they'd be able to get out. And so, I mean, that's totally meta and not what the role play is supposed to be. But they loved it. Yeah. It motivated them. Right. They had a good right. time with it. But I'm thinking, you know, obviously vocab building is essential with this. That, you know, and you just have to make sure the setting matches, you know, if you're on a unit where you want to learn, you're, you're doing travel. That's what the adventure is. Yep. Yep. You know, you have to be able to talk your way through. And I can say in Nate's class, the kids, I, there are a couple of kids that I talk to regularly and they, they were pumped to be playing and they had never played Dungeons and Dragons before. You know, they knew it, the popularity of the game kind of drew them in. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I do know that almost all aspects of the gameplay has to be spoken in French. Yes. And even the character sheets. Roll the dice. <laughs> All of the character sheets, he found a French version of the character sheets. Nice. I remember this one of the students was working on their character in the library, and he called me over and says, Mr. Gross, can you, what, what goes in this box normally? And I, I was like, what do you mean? And I looked and I was like, oh, you're Mr. Sidwell's class. I can't tell you what goes there. You need to figure out that word. Oh, come on, just tell me. I said, nope, I'm not telling you. And so he had to go and, and uh, figure it out. And he, came, he, was, he was leaving. I said, what was it? It was character backstory or something it was something like that. And I said, okay. there you go. There you go. And so I know that those kids, because they're excited to play the game, they are working to make sure they know the language. And, yes. And, you know, they, they learned what monster was really fast. Mm-hmm. They learned what you just said, roll the dice. That came really fast. And in talking to that student, I said, how much new vocabulary are you learning playing this game? He goes, I think I'm learning more in playing the game than I have in three years of taking French. And I said, well, there you go. I said, has it been valuable for French? He goes, yeah. And he said, and it's been fun too. I said, there you go. Okay. So yeah, we got to get Nate on to talk about how we developed it, mm-hmm. where his idea came from, and how stringent are the rules that you must speak French. Because yeah. I wonder if, if there are any moments when they break out and they use English to either push through something that might be challenging or to talk about how would you say this you know do they do those reflective moments in english to come out and say nothing you guys said made me sense yeah <laughs> let's talk about like what how you would say i don't know i have no idea if that's what they're doing well, and he could i was gonna say he could scaffold this so easily you know in french one mm-hmm. it maybe it is more of a thing like you can't get past the guard until you conjugate this verb right or, right you know it keeps it very simple but then they build and build and build. Yeah, because it's it's the junior senior French class that he's doing yes. that with. So they're more yeah. advanced uh, mm-hmm. students, and the class isn't as big because the required students have dropped out of the of the the, the class, uh, and so now you've got really motivated French students. Yeah, the class is smaller, so I think he was working with a class of about fifteen, maybe. 12, I don't know, twelve to fifteen, mm-hmm. and so he's like, yeah, that's a struggle. It's a big class. I started to tell him about, but he had he was already in it 
I was going to tell him about like the tapping out and sharing mm-hmm. characters and stuff. He's, he was in it, and I was like, you know, we'll talk about this when you reflect on next year. Yeah. So, yeah, we definitely need to have him come in and talk about that. Well, whoo! A lot of ideas. A lot of ideas. And probably one of the most important things is, as, as you're listening to this, I know we've got a lot of educators out there that are listening to this. We have a lot of non-educators mm-hmm. out there that just love Dungeons & Dragons listening to this as well. And so this is a place where let's come together as a community and let's start talking about like how can we use role play to build up students, to give students confidence, to bring motivation to a classroom that they might not have motivation to. For me, it would have been the math class. Whatever ideas you have out there, let us know. Send us, we talked about our Gmail in one part of the show, so let me give it again. It's teachersinthedungeon at gmail.com. Give us your ideas of a class. Did you have a teacher that used role play or games in the classroom that we could modify into putting into a role playing type of situation? Tell us your stories. We'd love to share those stories on the Mm -hmm. air to share. um, And you don't, like I said, you don't have to be an educator for this. Share your experiences or share an idea that you have. I mean, some of my ideas probably wouldn't work in a classroom, but it's, you know, it's, we're looking for those types of things. Let us know. Let us know. Reach out to us on social media if you like, but probably the best place for something like this is send us something a little bit longer in Gmail. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. We'd love to hear from you. Okay. And we're on summer break, so we got time to do that. We do. This is the time. We we actually thought about this show is this is a good timing for this show because even though we have the summer off, teachers don't really stop thinking about classes over the summer. In fact, a lot of them still continue to work in planning and preparation for the next year. So this is a good place to, like plant some of those seeds mm-hmm. uh, for a teacher to think about, oh yeah, I have been wanting to bring role play into my classes, but I didn't, just didn't have ideas. Maybe this is where the idea starts. And if it does, let us know that too. Love to hear your success yeah. stories or even the struggles that you had mm-hmm. in the classroom. Alrighty, well, I think that does it for uh, this episode of Teachers in the Dungeon. I'm going to say happy summer, everybody. <laughs> I know not all of you, uh, you know, have, you don't have to get up every day. But the summer could still be happy. Time but it can be happy. So, <laughs> well, until next time, keep rolling those 20s. So long, everybody. That wraps up today's session. So thank you for listening to Teachers in the Dungeon. We appreciate you and your feedback. Until the next time we see you in the dungeon, we hope you roll high on those saving throws. If you enjoyed the show and want to hear what happens in the adventure, subscribe to the podcast. Have questions, thoughts, or ideas? Check the show notes for our website and our contact information. This podcast is not affiliated or endorsed by Wizards of the Coast, Hasbro, or any other third-party Dungeons & Dragons entity. Teachers in the Dungeon is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. All names and sounds and any other related items are properties of their respective trademarks and or copyright holders in the U.S. or abroad. The official Dungeons & Dragons website can be found at www.dnd.wizards.com.